0: Here it
1: is! From deep inside your audio device of
2: choice.
0: Mm-hmm. A house is a very, very, very smart house.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, the houses just keep getting smarter. The people, not so much. Delivery workers who drop off Walmart groceries may soon also bring them into your kitchen and unload them into your refrigerator, even if you're not home. Come on in, guys. No, I'm not here. The world's largest retailer announced earlier this month it's testing a delivery program in Silicon Valley. Well, they deserve it. That would allow customers to use smart home technology to remotely open the door for delivery workers and watch a live stream of the delivery by linking their phones with home security cameras. Think of the time you can waste doing that. As opposed... Think about that. Someone else does the shopping for you and puts it all away, says the vice president of Walmart e-commerce and strategy, Sloan Edelston. As the homeowner, I'm in control of the experience the entire time, he says. I'm watching the entire process from start to finish from my home security cameras. As I watch the associate exit my front door, I even receive confirmation that my door has automatically been locked, unquote. And if anything goes wrong, you're miles away. Walmart executives touted the program as a way to make grocery shopping even more convenient for customers who are becoming accustomed to ordering food online. We're going to die from convenience, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, This is what the best minds in our country are working on instead of solving real problems. The rise of ride sharing and home sharing services, the, the uh, officials say, means many people are already used to getting into strangers' cars and sleeping in their bedrooms. What could go wrong? Security and privacy experts say Walmart's new service raises a number of unique questions for homeowners, insurance companies, and others. There are always unintended consequences that arise with these newfangled ideas. <laughs> this is a guy who is obviously not in his 20s, the director of privacy at the Stanford Center for Internet and Society. I guess he likes the old fangled ones better. Quote, it might be creepy and intrusive, but there are also a lot of security risks and liability questions down the road. What happens if there's a theft or damage or a dog bite? Will your homeowner's policy cover that? How will insurance companies react to this, he asks. Since they run the place, it would be important. The move comes as Walmart and Amazon accelerate the race to win over customers by offering ever more convenient technology. As I say, the best minds. Amazon's working on a home security camera system that would allow customers to remotely access video feeds to see when packages are delivered to their homes. This is time you could be spending working, but no, you'll be watching your home security camera. And your boss will like it? The $600 billion grocery market has been a particular point of competition following Amazon's gobbling up of Whole Foods. Walmart is currently the country's largest grocer. Did you know that? Is uh, going to become the first retailer to allow customers to use food stamps to pay for online grocery orders. (laughs) Ponder that. It's also teaming up with Google to allow shoppers to buy its products by speaking to Google Home devices. Google, ignore this. Hello, Google. Ignore this. Hello, Alexa. I've got something for you. Walmart's latest partnership with Smart Technology company August Home and same-day delivery service Delive is still in the early stages. We want to start small so we can test and learn, says Walmart's spokesman Ravi Jariwala. This may not necessarily become the norm or the dorm, and it may not be for everyone, certainly not right away, but we see a lot of potential here. The urban Privacy expert, the the authority, eh, academic, said the program was likely to appeal to urban dwellers who work long hours and are already accustomed to having cleaning crews, nannies, and other service workers come into their homes while they're away. This is a group of people who are already used to a certain level of intrusiveness. But God help the teenager playing hooky or the family dog who's not expecting the delivery man. Yeah, what about that? Well, we love the dog. We did, but... We love convenience more. Hello, welcome to the show.
0: I could live without coffee, I could live without tea, I could live without the honeybee. I'm not a pretty steak. I can live without tape, but the girls are a part of me. Oh, water. I don't need no lemonade. But to live without dust, I can't live without dust. Like a man with a hole in his head. Here comes the girls. I could leave a chase, but the girls are a part of me.
2: From the edge of America, from the home of the homeless, I'm Harry Shearer welcoming you to this edition of the show. And now, ladies and gentlemen. News of the Olympic Movement. Produced by Jim Eversall Jr. Deadline Los Angeles, the 2028 Olympic Games, will not be undercut by a series of high-profile corruption scandals involving top International Olympic Committee members. That's a promise from the International Olympic Committee's president. He would know because there's been growing concern in recent weeks and months about how much damage the IOC corruption problems could inflict upon the Olympic movement and brand. It's a movement. It's a brand. It's a fling. <laughs> By the time the games arrive here in Southern California, just eleven years. Tom, eleven years. Mm-hmm. The IOC's historic joint awarding of the 2024 Games to Paris and the 2028 Olympics to Los Angeles came against the background of at least three ongoing law enforcement investigations on three continents. It is a movement looking into alleged corruption within the top levels of the IOC as well as FIFA and IAAF. FIFA is, of course, world soccer governing body, IAAF, runs track and field into the ground. I mean, at least five current or former IOC members are subject of these investigations, including, as we've told you before, Brazil's Carlos Arthur Nuzman. He still is. Bach, the head of the IOC, however, says in addition to implementing recent reforms in the Games bidding process, the IOC is working with law enforcement officials in France and Brazil on investigations into whether representatives of Rio's bid bribed IOC members ahead of the voting. We have to realize that after having done all these reforms, there are some allegations about the past, and we will address these allegations, but we'd also like to know that so far all these are allegations, he said. Apparently, he meant they were allegations. Bach confirmed that the IOC has contacted the DOJ here in the United States about evidence in its investigation of Richard Lay, an Asian football confederation official who pled guilty in federal court to accepting a nearly million-dollar bribe related to the FIFA presidential election. He's resigned to all his FIFA positions. Every time another IOC member is implicated in something potentially nefarious, we lose more credibility, says the IOC's most senior member, Richard Pound of Canada. He says the IOC has not done nearly enough to root out corruption with the org- within the organization. Bach said, I didn't hear of any remark by Mr. Pound. And South Korean organizers of the Pyeongchang Winter Olympics next year corrected a map on their official website after Japanese sports officials complained that Japan was missing. There's your international comedy right there, except it's spelled with a D. The Japan Sports Agency said officials discovered the omission this week after receiving a number of phone calls from the public. The agency demanded a correction via the South Korean embassy in Tokyo. Katsumara, the agency official Masahide Katsumara, said Japan was not on the map when he checked early Wednesday. The world map on the Dream Program section of the website for the Winter Olympics has since been corrected. Well, it was only a dream. An official from the Pyeongchang Organizing Committee said Japan's omission was a simple mistake caused by changes in image files. We'll keep watching, said Japanese Chief Cabinet Secretary. The two countries have had past disputes over Japan's wartime aggression and such territorial issues as South Korea calling what Japan says is the sea of, the Japan Sea, or the Sea of Japan, South Korea calls it the East Sea. They also dispute ownership of a number of islands. But it's the Olympics, and it's a movement. It's a brand, but it's also a movement, and we all need one. Every day! And stay out. Now, ladies and gentlemen, use of
0: AFPAC.
2: We have spoken, we meaning me talking, you listening. Maybe. On this program for years now about Pakistan when uh, then-President George W. Bush set out his three criteria for picking on Iraq, which were harboring terrorists, invading a neighbor, and possessing weapons of mass destruction. Iraq, arguably, was guilty of two of those. And I would, uh, on this program, point in the other direction and say, but guess who's guilty of all three? Now, the Trump administration is considering dropping Pakistan as an ally. This is a report from the Financial Times. It's examining tough measures to quell more than twenty terrorist groups it says are based in the country. No. Really? Officials familiar with the Pakistan pro, Pakistan prong of Washington's new AFPAC strategy. I mean AFPAC strategy, which involves an open ended commitment in Afghanistan and praise for India. Praise for India says it has yet to be fleshed out, but they've plenty of levers. President Trump last month promised to get tough on Pakistan accusing it of housing the very ter- president trump said this accusing it of housing the very terrorists we're fighting the most public b- breach yet in an often rocky relationship no us president has come out on american national television and said such things about pakistan said Hus- hussein Haqqani, former pakistan ambassador to the us he adds us policymakers are at the end of their tethers about the, what they see as pakistan not helping them while promise help them, unquote. It's called a double game, babe. The administration has put $255 million in military aid on hold, eyeing an escalating series of threats. Oh, let's bring in the escalation team. One day I'll tell you about that. Which include cutting some civilian aid and conducting unilateral drone strikes on Pakistani soil, you know, like we did with uh, Osama bin Laden. They didn't like that much. It could also revoke Pakistan's status as a major non-NATO ally or designate it a state sponsor of terrorism, which would limit weapon sales and probably affect IMF and World Bank loans. Thinking of Pakistan as an ally will continue to create problems for the next administration as it did for the last one, says a former CIA analyst, Lisa Curtis, who now leads South Asia policy in the National Security Council, wrote that in a joint report with Haqqani earlier this year. She believes the State Department erred, 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 really, by relying on personal ties and aid packages to try to change Pakistan's behavior. They don't wear ties. Oh, she didn't. Mike Mullen, former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, visited Pakistan more than 25 times during his tenure from 2007 to 2011. He had a 7-11 tenure. He became disillusioned lambasting an Afghan Taliban group known as the Haqqani Network as, quote, a veritable arm of the Pakistan Intelligence Agency, the ISI. It was my belief and continues to be my belief that unless we had an ally that we could work together to greatly eliminate the threat then our efforts in Afghanistan were going to fail, said Mullen. And here we are. Some who recall being beguiled by late nights spent with military and civilian leaders over Johnny Walker Blue Label, the whiskey beloved by Pakistan's elite in the officially dry country, say even forceful Private conversations disappointed them. James Dobbin, Dobbin's a special envoy in 2013-2014, was frustrated by failed promises from Army Chief General Raheel Sharif to go after militant groups. He says he agrees with you, but actually doesn't. The Pakistanis originally saw the Taliban as an instrument they could manipulate to their advantage, and they now view it as a monster they've created but can't afford to suppress. He says. U.S. efforts to forge closer ties with rival India will tick off Pakistan further. Quote, we need to respect and trust India. They have not leaked nuclear secrets or shared sensitive nuclear technology with rogue countries. Unquote. Tim Romer, former U.S. ambassador to India, referring to Pakistan's nuclear proliferation. Oh, that was just a rogue AQ He didn't, he was just that father of the nuclear program. He didn't, we didn't, he... Pakistani Prime Minister... Shahid Ka- Ka- Khan Abbasi said this week it's unfair to blame his country for troubles in Afghanistan saying the US should have greater respect for its efforts to combat militancy we just need more respect not enough respect That's, that was the whole problem with the flag Ryan Crocker former US ambassador to Pakistan says their narrative about us is here today gone tomorrow it is deeply affected their strategic thinking he recalls u.s worked with pakistan to defeat russia during the afghanistan invasion in the 80s but once it had won cut aid and imposed sanctions because they were developing their own nuclear program you can't win with these these people i'm telling ladies and gentlemen these people oh but now news of nice corp nice people doing nice things and it is good news Compensation for Rupert Lachlan and James Murdoch fell at 21st Century Fox. The executives continued to earn the same basic salaries they did last year, but took in fewer stock awards and pension benefits, according to this statement filed with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Rupert, according to Variety, earned $7.1 million in base salary. I'll say a little more than $5.4 million in stock options, $10.5 million in an incentive plan. Oh, please stay. And six point one million in pension benefits. He also earned hundred eighty thousand dollars in money related to corporate travel. Eat your heart out, Tom Price. Lackland, one of Rupert's sons, I think the eldest, earned three million in salary, eight and a half in stock awards, eight million in an incentive plan. Oh, please stay, and almost a million in pension benefits, and another hundred twenty. So grand in additional compensation related to corporate benefits, whatever those are. Just you know, a hundred and twenty thousand thrown in. James, the other son, earned three million in salary, eight million, eight and a half in stock awards, eight million in incentives, half a million in pension benefits, and almost two hundred thousand in additional corporate uh, compensation. I guess it's a new business model. Nice people, getting less for doing nice things, and now news of the godly. Not godly and cream. The abusive Catholic priest uh, accused of terrorizing at least 15 girls at a queen's school decades ago once threatened one of his victims into silence with the power of God. In 1981, Father Adam Pochosky of Holy Cross Parish in Maspeth, I believe that's Queens, allegedly lectured, Tom? Allegedly lectured. A group of students. Thanks, Tom. Including one of his victims, who was then 13, about a woman who was saying bad things about him. He thought he was God. The now 49-year-old nurse living in Toronto told the New York Daily News. He said she died in a car accident. Her body burned beyond recognition. God punished her for telling stories about Father Adam. When he told the story, says the nurse in Toronto, he was looking right at me. Unquote. She said Prochofsky, now 75 and living in Queens, sexually abused her at least 60 times between ages of 11 and 13 at church and school she requests her name not be used but it's real no i'm not going to he used his involvement in the choir and in the teen club and his general influence in the school to get close to her she said it happened everywhere in the auditorium in the church hall the sank- the sacristy oh no not the sacristy the principal's office he would have me come in on fridays to meet him in the rectory Meet me in the rectory. One time I was on a class trip while I was sleeping. I never wanted to go to school. He knew exactly how to pray with an E on me. She uh, He never said anything before or during the episode. She said it was almost routine, like he does it all the time. She said she was so terrified. She now works for a medical company and is married. The abuse has taken a toll. She attempted suicide Twice. Arriving in 1973 at age 31, Prochasky became a larger-than-life figure in the parish, had great influence among the congregation. It was a very small, tight-knit Polish community, she said. If you got in trouble with the nuns and they hit you, your parents would only hit you harder. So you didn't talk about things. She never told her friends, her parents, the nuns, her teachers about the meetings with Prochasky. I think he chose me because I was an easy target, she said. I was the brain. I didn't lie. I was accepted by my peers. He knew that I would keep quiet, unquote. She remembered that in eighth grade, another student caught the priest with his hand down the shirt of another parish girl. She said the incident was reported to one of the nuns. Nothing happened. News of the godly. For your listening pleasure. Or for your listening displeasure. It's really up to you. And now, news from outside the bubble. In case you think the United States is the only country with uh, leadership that embarrasses it on the world stage, I point to Britain, thanks to The Guardian. The British Foreign Secretary Boris Johnson has been accused of quote, incredible insensitivity unquote. It emerged that he recited part of a colonial era Rudyard Kipling poem in front of local dignitaries while on an official visit to Myanmar earlier this year. He was inside the Shwedagan Pagoda, the most sacred Buddhist site in the capital, Yangon, when he started uttering the opening verse to the road to Mandalay, including the line, The temple bells they say, Come back, you English soldier. Kipling's poem captures the nostalgia of a retired serviceman looking back on his colonial service and a Burmese girl he kissed. Britain colonized Burma, as it was called then, from 1824 to 1948, just a... eyelash of time, and fought three wars in the 19th century, suppressing resistance. Johnson's recital was so embarrassing that the UK ambassador to Myanmar, Andrew Patrick, tried to stop him, telling him he was on a mic, and it was inappropriate. The previously unbroadcast footage shows Johnson managing to... uh, being halted, before he could get to the line about, quote, a bloomin' idol made of mud, what they called the great god Bud, unquote, a reference to the Buddha. The gaff came on the first visit to Myanmar by a British foreign secretary in five years. He had taken part in a ritual involving pouring water over a golden statue of what he described as a very big guinea pig. He approached a 42-ton bell, rang it with a wooden stick, and spontaneously started reciting Kipling's poem. A visibly tense ambassador stood by as Johnson continued, "'The wind is in the palm trees, and the temple's bells they say.' Then Patrick, the ambassador, reminded him, "'You're on mic.' "'Probably not a good idea.' "'What?' Johnson replied. "'The road to Mandalay!' "'No,' said the ambassador. "'Not appropriate.' "'No,' said Johnson, looking down at his phone. "'Good stuff.' It's stunning he would do this there, says Mark Farmaner, director of the Burma Campaign UK. There's a sensitivity about British colonialism, and it is something that people in Burma are still resentful about. With this history thing, British colonial times were seen as a humiliation and an insult. It shows an incredible lack of understanding, especially now we are seeing the impact of Buddhist nationalism in Rakhine State, where Rohingya Muslims have been the subject of violent persecution, unquote. Kipling, Rudyard Kipling, the author of the poem Mandalay, hardly knew Myanmar at all, only traveled there for three days. In his 20s, his poems and short stories about the place helped forge the image of the country in the minds of colonial Britain. Mang Bobo, a Burmese doctoral student in London whose family campaigned alongside Myanmar's current leader, Aung San Suu Kyi, said offense could be taken because the poem talks about kissing a girl that would be frowned on in the context of a temple. Boris Johnson, ladies and gentlemen, tipped by many in the Conservative Party of the UK to be the next British Prime Minister, don't you know? In this context of him um, reciting, apparently spontaneously, lines from mandalay by rudyard kipling it's instructive to note that rudyard kipling's daughter elsie bambridge objected to frank sinatra's recording of the song on the road to mandalay and had it prohibited on all the releases of sinatra's classic album come fly with me in the british commonwealth until she died
3: By the old Mool-Main pagoda Looking eastward to the sea There's a Burma broad a setting And I know she thinks of me For the wind is in the palm trees And the temple bells they say Come you back you British soldier Come you back To Mandalay Come you back to Mandalay Come you back to Mandalay where the old flotilla lay can't you hear their paddles chunking from Rangoon to Mandalay on the road to Where the flying fishers play And the dawn comes up like thunder Out of China Across the bay Somewhere east of Suez Where the best is like the worst Where there ain't no Ten Commandments And a cat can raise a thirst Cause those crazy bells are calling And it's there that I would be By the old Moon Main Pagoda Looking lazy at the sea Looking lazy At the sea Come you back to Mandalay Where the old flotilla lay Can't you hear their paddles chunking From Rangoon to Mandalay I am Blue, and the dawn comes up like thunder.
2: At the sound of the gong, this is Le Show from Santa Monica. And now. I just want to say one word to you. Just one word.
4: Yes, sir. Are you listening? Yes, so you microplastics. Think about it. What do you think about that? Yes, I
2: will. Enough said. News of microplastics. Because they're, they're little, little, itty-bitty plastics. They're nanoplastics, don't you know? A new study from Lund University in Sweden, where they get very depressed in the wintertime, but they had time enough to do this study. It shows that plastic particles in water may end up inside fish brains. Did you know fish had brains? The plastic can cause brain damage, which is the likely cause of behavioral disorders observed in the fish. Like they the crazy fish. Calculations have shown that 10% of all plastic produced around the world up ultimately ends up in the oceans. You're welcome. As a result, a large majority of global marine debris is in fact plastic waste. Few have studied the effects of tiny plastic particles known as nanoplastic particles. Our study is the first to show that nano sized plastic particles can accumulate in fish brains, said Tommy Sederval, a chemistry researcher at Lund University, that is in Sweden. The researchers studied how nanoplastics may be transported through different organisms in the aquatic ecosystem, like algae and plankton, to larger fish. The plastic particles in the water are eaten by animal plankton. Plankton, which are in turn eaten by the fish. Well, stop eating the plankton! What, what the hell is wrong? According to Sedeval, the study includes several interesting results on how plastic of different sizes affects aquatic organisms. Most importantly, it provides evidence that nanoplastic particles, microplastics, can indeed cross the blood brain barrier in fish and accumulate inside fish brain tissue. So you don't want want those fish on, on Jeopardy. In addition, the researchers involved in the present study have demonstrated the occurrence of behavioral disorders in fish that are affected by nanoplastics. They eat more slowly and explore their surroundings less. Sound like Americans. The researchers believe that these behavioral changes may be linked to brain damage caused by the presence of nanoplastics in the brain. But they all stand up for the fish anthem. Another result of the study is that animal plankton die when exposed to nanosized plastic particles. Larger plastic particles don't affect them. It's important to study how plastics affect ecosystems and that nanoplastic particles likely have a more dangerous impact on aquatic ecosystems than larger ones, says the researcher. He doesn't then proceed to draw the conclusion that plastic nanoparticles could accumulate in other tissues in fish and then be transmitted to humans through eating the fish. No, we're not aware of any such studies, and therefore are very cautious about commenting on it, he says. But, um, fish brains, ladies and gentlemen, you might want to... Do you, do you eat fish brains? I don't, strangely enough. So, maybe a good idea for us all to desist from that. News of microplastics, ladies and gentlemen, a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. So, Uh, A fraught week for (laughs) President Trump um, began with yet another failure to repeal and replace the Affordable Care Act, otherwise known as Obamacare. This was the so-called Graham-Cassidy bill, proffered really in the last minute, in the 11th and a half hour, by Lindsey Graham of um, South Carolina and uh, Bill Cassidy of Louisiana. And probably John McCain gave it the kiss of death again, this time not in the last minute, but in plenty of time for other people to go, ooh, it uh, did not garner the sufficient number of votes in the vote count. So it was never brought to the floor of the Senate for a vote, never, never got to the House where it probably would have been approved. Go figure. President Trump had spent most of the preceding weekend at uh, one of his country clubs tweeting about his um, debate, to uh, give it a highfalutin word, with NFL players and owners about the uh, protests in which Some National Football League players kneeled during the playing of the U.S. National Anthem as opposed to standing. Uh, That occupied most of President Trump's at least public discourse time last weekend, which led to some reporting, particularly in The Washington Post, that he had been inattentive to the ongoing huge disaster in the U.S. territory of Puerto Rico, uh, when the negative press attention became obvious to President Trump, according to again the Washington Post's reporting on Monday, as he watched television, he um made some public remarks and gave this explanation of why response to the disaster the hurricane disaster in Puerto Rico was perhaps a little hobbled compared to the response by the federal government, which got good marks in uh, Hurricanes Irma and Harvey.
4: This is an island surrounded by water, big water, ocean water.
2: Who knew? And also this week, Health and Human Services Secretary Tom Price was under fire after Politico.com uh, printed, uh, published a series of reports about his use of private jets and military planes at taxpayer expense to go to various, um, on various trips. You know, maybe they were business, maybe they were business. Um, he had said uh, he was going to reimburse the federal government. The total, according to Politico, was about well, anywhere between half a million and a million dollars, depending on when you read the report, he said he was going to reimburse the federal government for about $53,000, which was, in his estimation, the cost of transporting him um, as opposed to whatever else was coming along with him. President Trump <laughs> President Trump, uh, had a um, two-hour meeting with Tom Price, Tom Price, as uh, head of health and human services, was supposedly the appoint uh, man in the uh, administration on the repeal and replace of Obamacare, um, which had been uh, this week, as I said, brought to its third demise. And uh, Republican Majority Leader in the Senate, Mitch McConnell, immediately pressed forward with a uh, a tax reform package which is supposed to um, assuage all doubts that the uh, that the Trump administration can actually accomplish something. Tom Price was uh, discussed. Uh, he actually, came in for a two-hour meeting with President Trump, where apparently, according to reports, there was some uh, there was some volume in the verbiage. At which point, after uh, Trump came out, <laughs> President Trump came out and said uh, that Price was a good man. And then uh, a couple hours later, Price, quote, resigned. And um, on Tuesday of this week, the uh, Republican voters in Alabama went to the polls. The president, <laughs> President Trump had gone to Alabama last Friday for a big rally in support of the what was called the Republican establishment candidate for senator. He had been appointed as an interim appointment by the Republican governor of Alabama, who then had to resign for uh, other reasons. And uh, Luther Strange was his name. Uh, Trump called him Big Luther because he's 6'9". And he was opposed by Roy Moore, a former judge of the Alabama Supreme Court who'd been thrown off the court twice and who was supported by the former Strategy director of the Trump administration, now back, running Breitbart.com, Steve Bannon, Roy Moore won, Luther Strange lost. And then, as the week ended, the uh, coverage of the disaster in Puerto Rico increased. The mayor of San Juan gave uh, several interviews on television in which he wore... A T-shirt that said, help us, we're dying, and uh, criticized the lassitude, the alleged lassitude of the U.S. federal government's approach to sending aid, military equipment, and support to people in a country where there was, in many areas, still no electricity, no drinking water, no phone service, no nothing. In other words,
4: this week, for the first time, getting tired of winning isn't nearly tiring enough. And for the businessman turned president, it's getting harder to tell team members
1: from enemies or vice versa. So, Mitch, Mr. President, I'm starting to look forward to these meetings. That makes two of us. Except for me. Look, Mitch, the whole Big Luther project was your idea, right? I I did suggest with some pungency that endorsing an incumbent Republican senator in the primary race was probably a smart idea for a Republican president, yes, sir. Doesn't look so smart
4: right now, does it? Big Luther looks more like
1: puny Luther, right? Well, Senator Strange is still 6'9 last time I looked. Okay, let's talk smart. Mm Mm-hmm. How smart is it to have on your side a guy
4: named Senator Strange? Ever think about that? Couldn't we find a a Senator Goofy somewhere while we're at it?
1: Maybe at Disneyland. That was just some Kentucky humor, sir. Uh Probably goes over real big in Missing Teeth County. Well, In all fairness, sir, you're indulging in a canard. Let me tell you something, Mitch. Trump doesn't take cruise ships. I tried to buy some,
4: but it's a bad business. The boats are surrounded by water. Big water. Well, anyway... I should fire you, Mitch. Every fiber of my optics tells me that.
1: And the uh, Constitution tells you that you can Right. Which is why we're still a team, believe me. So, this tax reform thing... Yes, sir. We've crafted a framework that we think leads ultimately to a plan. Which may lead in turn to a vote.
4: Which we're going to win? Do you ever say the word win, Mitch?
1: I said it every time I went to a Louisville basketball game until extremely recently. Okay, good.
4: Speaking of games, mm-hmm. the NFL season will last forever. The base is going to need something
1: else it's not Big Luther. I can safely say that we definitely put together a tax bill that you can sign. Before the playoffs? Before the
4: Super Bowl? Before the end of the friggin' world?
1: <laughs> before it's too late. How's that? Mitch, your task for this week
4: is to not bother me. Can you do that?
1: I can't guarantee much in this life, but uh, I can guarantee that. Okay. Looking forward to not seeing you. Underneath it all, I, I do think he means well. Or at least, I think he means something.
4: Tom, don't sit down. All right, sir. If uh, standing can help me regain your trust. You know what can help regain my trust? Hmm? You paying back the full cost of all the private plane flights you took. You want to take out your checkbook right now? Oh, well, look, we'll get a big cardboard one-printed up. You can hand it to me. Like the charity things. Doesn't have to be real, but... S- Sir, I'm an M.D. from Lansing, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Only guy from my hometown has that kind of money is Magic Johnson, and uh, he's from East Lansing, so that's the... Tom, um, when you came on the team, what was the first thing Ryan just told you? Well, as I recall, it, uh, we were going to kick some Democrat butt. Before that. Before the political stuff, something about stars. Right, right. That there's uh, only one star on this team. Good you remember how Steve Bannon was on the cover of Time magazine? Yes, sir. Amazing moment. Right. Where is he now? Well, sir, last time I looked he was in Alabama supporting the winning candidate in the Senate race, but... Tom, when you came here, you had one task. Repeal. And replace. Yes, sir. Did you accomplish it? Well, as you know, sir, uh, on, on three separate occasions, we came very close the last time, as you yourself said, if one of our votes hadn't been in the hospital. Just because I said that doesn't mean it's true, believe me. What? you know what you get when you're very close to repeal and replace? Peel and place?
2: You get fired.
4: Mm. But you know what? I'm, I'm a nice guy at heart. Uh, everybody says that, sir. So I'm going to let you resign. Mm you can go support the winning candidate in Michigan and you can pay for your own flight home and Tom yes sir you're a good man I know it seems crazy now but I really thought we could achieve so much together (sighs) now I guess I uh, have to go back to operating on feet
1: general Kelly I think you've been watching TV after I leave work for the day sir Got to do something The tweets don't write themselves. You see an interview with the mayor of San Juan, and you think she's attacking you. She
4: is attacking me, and it's stupid. What does it cost her to say the federal response has been terrific? That's win-win.
1: As I've suggested before, if you just direct your attention to the information flow I arrange for you, I think you'll get a more balanced picture of what's going on there and elsewhere. And that's a real win, not... General, I get it. You want
4: me paying attention to your fake news, not mine, right? But look,
1: your task for this week is a big one. Yes, sir. Organizing the trip to Puerto Rico is a major logistical challenge. Logistical smishtical. Here's the deal.
4: You've got to keep that crazy San Juan mayor away from me during the visit. Uh, Sir, I'm not sure that's either possible or desirable. She's I know what she is. She's a Democrat. She's trying to make Trump look bad. Why should I share any of my screen time with her? You know who should meet with her? Vice President, that's Crooked Hillary. When well, she goes down there on a book tour. <laughs> I don't think that's going to General, be- General, ask yourself one question. If conditions down there are so terrible, how did that mayor get a custom t-shirt printed up so fast? I can have our people find that out, but- The only buts I want to see are on Miss Universe contestants. Can you do it, General? Do my best, sir. Cause you don't want me yelling at you again, right? That's right, sir. You hated that, right? Not my favorite moment, sir. Okay. Tell the crazy mayor her friends on the fake news can send her supplies. New team, new tasks, same mission. We're gonna make being tired of winning great again. Now the world is his boardroom. The <laughs> presidentis. This week, the only thing rigged
2: is the lights. Now, ladies and gentlemen, news of the war, won't you? Award-winning feature of this program. How did that happen?
1: Soft, listen to the war.
4: We can listen to the war.
2: Rather than serving as environmentally friendly carbon sinks... Forests now produce about 8% of CO2 emissions worldwide. This, is according to a study published this week in the journal Science. Instead of sinks, they're faucets. Quote, forests are the only carbon capture and storage technology we have in our grasp that is safe, proven, inexpensive, immediately available at scale, and capable of providing beneficial ripple effects. Ripple? from regulating rainfall patterns to providing livelihoods to indigenous communities, said the lead author a scientist at the Woods Hole Research Center. He uh, continued, Alessandro Baccini did, if we're to keep global temperatures from rising to dangerous levels, we need to drastically reduce emissions and greatly increase forests' ability to absorb and store carbon. But apparently that's not happening. Using satellite imagery captured between 2003 and 2014, Baccini and his team were able to measure losses in forest carbon caused by degradation and disturbance, which have been proven difficult to quantify over large areas. The team also calculated the impact of deforestation. It can be a challenge to map the forests that have been completely lost, said a scientist at Woods Hole, Wayne Walker co-author of the study. However, it's even more difficult to measure small and more subtle losses of forest. He explained that in many cases, these losses are the result of selective logging. Tom,
1: selective logging.
2: Yes, sir. Small-scale farming operations remove individual trees, which are then used for fuel Such activities are relatively insignificant at any one location. When added up, the effect of these losses is considerable. Based on their calculations, the team found that forests now produce a net total of about 425 teragrams of carbon annually, more than the emissions of all cars and trucks in the United States each year. Gross yearly carbon losses, 862 teragrams gains were about 437. The majority of carbon losses About 60% occurred in Latin America. Africa experienced 24%. Asia accounted for 16%. In the Americas and Africa, degradation and disturbance contributed to 70 and 81% of losses, respectively. As I say, sinks become faucets. It's a thing. And now, the Apologies of the Week.
4: So
2: sorry. Equifax now has an interim CEO, Paulino Dorrego Barros, Jr. He apologized in a Wall Street Journal op-ed this week over that massive data breach at Equifax. The previous CEO had apologized for it, but apparently his apology wasn't apologetic enough. Um, Barros said the company will introduce a new service that will allow customers The option of controlling access to their personal credit data. What a revolutionary idea. Quote, the service we are developing will let consumers easily lock and unlock access to their Equifax credit files. You will be able to do this at will. Think of the power at your command. It will be reliable, safe and simple. Most significantly, said Barros, the service will be offered free for life. So they'll be selling ads against your credit information. No, maybe... Maybe not. It will be offered by January 31st because, you know, maybe you'll forget by then. Equifax will also extend the sign-up period for its trusted ID premier credit monitoring service, he said. He took the helm at the credit reporting firm after the former CEO and chairman, Richard Smith, abruptly retired. Barros acknowledged in his op-ed that Equifax did not do enough to help consumers affected by the hack or hacked by the fact. Deadline, Reno, Nevada, University of Nevada, Reno, police chief Adam Garcia has released a statement apologizing about an incident in which two campus police officers displayed inappropriate behavior using offensive language to students during a traffic stop. A traffic stop. The language refers to a comment made by officer Adam Wilson in which he jokingly comments he would have shot one of the students had the interaction gone differently. Differently. (laughs) That's a good joke. I like that and maybe laugh. It happened during a traffic stop in the early morning hours of Sunday, September 24 of this year. The video captured by another sergeant's body camera. So it's a traffic stop where the driver is suspected of being under the influence. The um, driver did pass the sobriety test. Sergeant Johnson let everyone off with a warning but told the student someone has to walk home since there were too many people in the car. That's when he noticed the student officer, Wilson, the uh, officer in question, uh, notices that the student officer, Johnston, his partner, had been speaking to, was kind of a impressive figure. Holy S blank, 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 Johnston says. I'm glad you're not fighting. You're too big. The students and officers laugh, but then Officer Wilson adds, I was like... I was just going to shoot him if he goes sideways. F that, unquote. My reaction, quite frankly, was one of anger, said University of Nevada Reno Police Chief Adam Garcia. He said he's never had a complaint like this. The interaction between a police officer and a member of our community is something I've not seen. I will not tolerate it. It was repugnant in its very nature. It does not speak to who we are as a department or as a university, unquote. Wilson has been placed on administrative leave. The uh, university president, Mark Johnson, and the police chief have reached out and apologized to the student in, in question. I have apologized, which I think is appropriate given the circumstances, given the comments that were made, said Police Chief Garcia. And Fox Broadcasting has apologized. No, not for its new business model, but for mistakenly including a photo of an L.A. County sheriff commander In its primetime special, Who Shot Biggie and Tupac? Who Shot Biggie and Tupac? Authorities said neither the sheriff's department nor Commander Stephen Katz had any involvement in the investigation of Biggie Small's death, also known as rapper Christopher Wallace. An investigator named Stephen Katz was involved in the investigation. That's not the same Stephen Katz. He worked for the L.A. Police Department. You see, the show's production company confused the two Stephen Katzes. They issued an apology on their Facebook page. Critical content is the production company. We apologize to Commander Steve Katz of the Sheriff's Department, whose photo was mistakenly included. He is not the Stephen Katz of the police department mentioned in the program. Sheriff's officials said the show defamed Katz by repeatedly showing his photograph and expressing through graphics an indication of disgrace and outrage in the handling of the of the case, the department, the program also erroneously depicted the sheriff's department as part of the investigation by showing our employee wearing his name badge and standing in front of LSD logo, LASD logos, and saying several times that he, Katz, was the lead investigator of the Biggie murder. The sheriff's department also contended the show's hosts, Soledad O'Brien and ice tea made derogatory comments alleging that the investigator lied and concealed files while showing pictures of cats so the dad o'brien lost on a in the final of celebrity jeopardy to the host of this program the apologies of the week ladies and gentlemen a copyrighted feature of this broadcast <laughs> The answer to final jeopardy was the United Kingdom, she guessed France. That's going to conclude this week's edition of the show. The program returns next week at the same time over these same stations over NPR Worldwide throughout Europe. You send 440 cable system in Japan around the world through the facilities of the American forces network up um, and down the east coast of North America via the shortwave giant WBCQ, the planet seven point four nine oh megahertz shortwave on the mighty 104 in Berlin on the ultra-mighty Soho Radio in London around the world via the internet at two different locations live and archive whenever you want it harryshearer.com and kcsn.org available for your smartphone through stitcher.com and available as a free podcast from Sideshow Network SoundCloud TuneIn.com, iTunes and WWNO.org. and it will be just like people in Puerto Rico not being surrounded by big water if you'd agree to join with me then, will you? Alrighty, thank you very much. Uh-huh. A tip of the Show Chapeau to the San Diego, Pittsburgh, Chicago, and Exile and Hawaii desks. Thanks as always to Pam Halstead and to Jenny Lawson. What can I say, babe? I'm gonna miss you so very much at WWNO New Orleans for help with today's broadcast. The email address for this program playlist of the music heard here on and your chance to get cars i talk t-shirts at harryshear.com and i'm on twitter at the harry Shearer. the show comes to you from century of progress productions and originates through the facilities of wwno new orleans flagship station of the change is easy radio network so long from santa monica a community recognized around the world as the home of the homeless